0: From 3 and Canny 4, this is Viral, a show about COVID-19. I'm your host, TJ Raphael. Today on the show, we're going to do something a little different. So I'm going to hand it over to our reporter, Emily
1: Saul. Thanks, TJ. I want to start by venturing out for some reporting in the field. I'm out reporting in the field. Literally. My fiancé is a farmer. And so what that means for me is I get to wake up every day on a farm and make podcasts. I'm very, very lucky, but despite all of that, I've still been struggling with my mental health. And so I'm out here in this field, standing in the middle of all of these apple trees. I've been coming out here a lot, and I'm out here right now because this morning I was inside trying to eat breakfast and I just started shaking. My head was spinning, and I thought I was going to throw up. I've been having a lot of trouble, and I know a lot of other people are having trouble too. So today we want to explore what happens when a crisis like this brings up mental health issues, old and new, and what can we do to cope? That's what our show is about today. Not my anxiety, but mental health. Or more specifically, struggling with our mental health. But first, I want you to meet my friend. All right, we are approaching Fordham's paddock. A cute little A-frame. He's another reason I come outside. Hey, bud. Hey. I didn't mean to startle you. I'm sorry, you're eating. Do you want me to come back later? He's a baby doll ram. He looks huge and he moves like he's huge, but he's actually just 110 pounds. He weighs less than I do. And he has this big poofy belly and dainty hooves, and his winter wool is so thick and matted, it covers his eyes. He's He's approached the fence of his enclosure and is sticking his tongue through the wire, trying to eat the mic. You can't eat it, buddy. But I brought something for you. Okay, bud.
0: Follow the price of paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: It can be hard to be open about our mental health. I've had clinical depression and anxiety my entire life. I've been in therapy since I was five years old. My anxiety got really bad after I moved to New York to work at a newspaper after college. I started regularly having panic attacks on deadline. Literally hiding under my desk, trying to get it together so I could get a story out. I found a good therapist, I started taking medication that works, and I figured out some tools. My best coping mechanism was trying not to think about the problem. Because most of the things that cause me anxiety go away pretty quickly. A deadline. A passing wave of emotion. But this thing, this pandemic, is not going away. And I can't ignore it because it's defining every second of my life. Things are happening to me that haven't happened in years. Four different times the other day, I had to mute myself on a conference call so people wouldn't hear me sobbing. I'm not in therapy at the moment. A mix-up meant that I didn't have my medication for three days last week. So I needed help.
0: Thank you for holding NYC Well is currently experiencing high call volume, and we appreciate
1: your patience. Did you know that I called something called NYC well. well. It's New York City's mental system. health support crisis line. I was on hold for 20 minutes. Then someone finally picked up, and the call dropped. Next, I called the National Alliance of Mental After Health. the
0: tone, please record your message. It
1: went when to voicemail. Finished, you may hang up to then... I tried a federal government hotline. And for a second, I had some luck. Please stay on the line while your call is- You've reached the disaster distress helpline. This is Rose speaking. How can I help you? Um, Hi Rose, my name is Emily. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Um, I'm okay. Rose directed me to NYC uh, Well, the place I started um, with. Rose was kind. um, She listened. But I didn't, in that moment, need someone to listen to me. I needed someone to help guide me in developing new coping mechanisms. So, back to NYC Well. NYC Well gives you some non-phone call options. You can text someone, and you can chat someone on their website. I tried both. The texts I received from someone named Ruben were unintelligible. I told him I was a reporter and feeling stressed about covering COVID-19. He wrote in response, quote, that sounds nice. You may have to hire people elsewhere as we can just take crisis interactions right now, end quote. I had no idea what that meant. And the chat with a woman who identified herself as Shakira was painful. The responses felt like I was talking to an algorithm, not a human. They didn't make sense, and there were sometimes five-minute gaps between responses. During the chat, I asked if she was messaging with someone else, and she responded with the same message three times over the course of a minute, which was, quote, I understand why you would feel like that, but we are not perfect. As much of the world tells us, there's a certain way or path we must take. You are doing the best you can, and that's all that matters. I might as well have been shaking a magic eight ball, or smashing open a series of fortune cookies and frantically trying to find the slips of paper to see if they worked. At one point, Shakira, or the entity pretending to be human, actually wrote me this. Some people become so down they have trouble leaving their home or enjoying their usual activities. Has that been the case for you? Uh, yeah, I have been having some trouble leaving my home and enjoying my usual activities because there's a global pandemic, and I can't leave. I chatted with Shakira for a whole hour. I asked if she was a therapist or psychologist. She never answered. Then she wrote that she wanted to give me some coping mechanisms. And 20 seconds later, I got a message that Shakira had left the chat. The thing is, trying to call a crisis line to talk to someone took me an entire workday, and it took energy. And for me, when I'm feeling down, when I can barely get out of bed, this energy and focus is not possible. These hotlines are supposed to be critical when someone's in crisis, and they can be. But they're overwhelmed right now, and they're no substitute for high-quality mental health care therapy, medication. Unfortunately, those are things that not everyone has access to. Speaking of high-quality mental health care, after the break, we talk to a therapist about what this crisis means for her and her clients. That's next. Kimberly Quinlan is a therapist based in Southern California. She also has a podcast, which, at least for the latest episode, starts like this. Let's take a deep breath, guys. Makes me think maybe we should start every episode like that. Like so many of us, Kimberly is working from home. In normal times, she'd see her patients in her office, the soothing space with pictures on the wall and a beige couch for difficult conversations. Obviously, she can't do that right now. So she's relocated her office to her garage and next to the pool table and some exercise equipment. She's tried to create some sense of normalcy.
2: It's like the same ca- the same couch and the same um artwork and all the other things are the same. So
1: you redi- you you've literally visual- moved the visual cues from yeah. your office and put them in your garage. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. I mean that must it's you know it's difficult to speak to healthcare professionals over uh over the internet, I mean, I'm sure that that makes them feel comfortable.
2: Right. It just is a little bit of continuity, I think, for them to be like, oh, you look like you're in our office right now. And because she's in the
1: garage, you'll occasionally hear a car pass by outside. This might be obvious, but mental health problems manifest in lots of different ways. That's why it's nice to talk to a human being with training and not a robot. Kimberly cares for patients with a whole range of mental illnesses—anxiety, OCD, eating disorders—and for each patient, those illnesses manifest themselves in different ways. I know one person who has severe anxiety but finds crises, especially one this big, to be oddly calming. What he's worried about is the inevitable crash that will come later. Before the pandemic, Kimberly had decided to cut back on her hours, but Unsurprisingly, that hasn't happened.
2: A lot of people, a lot of my patients are coming to me talking about this deep sense of uncertainty that they're feeling. You know, for the first few days, I was more than therapy, I was doing crisis care. People were, you know, people who were doing actually really well found that they're eating disorder, anxiety disorder, um, body focus, repetitive behavior. These are all significantly getting worse because of how much uncertainty, like we said, is in the the world and how much panic was really coming at those first few weeks. Um, Clients tend to get better, which is wonderful. And as they get better, I see them, you know, every second week, and then I see them every third week, every month, every six months, and we sort of keep spreading it out. But the clients I was seeing once every three months are now coming in weekly just to manage the the change and the overwhelm and the anxiety that they're feeling
1: one group of patients who've been especially overwhelmed she says people with ocd specifically the kind of ocd where you're obsessed with contamination with germs kimberly specializes in this particular sort of exposure therapy
2: The type of treatment that I do is called exposure and response prevention. And what that is, is it's a type of cognitive behavioral therapy where we actually expose people to their fear. So if someone had contamination obsessions, I would expose them to touching germy doorknobs and I would have them go to the market and the ATM machine. I would have them touch, you know, the toilet rim of their toilet. And that is a part of the gold standard treatment for OCD. Right now, um, we're actually being told to wash our hands more. And that's actually very triggering for someone with OCD because a part of my treatment is actually to have them touch germs and then not do that hand wash or to reduce that hand wash to, you know, what would be within a, a quote unquote normal range. A lot of people with OCD are struggling because it's a, it's a goldmine for OCD. OCD loves to jump in on any catastrophic, you know, event um, and people are getting really, really triggered. Of course, it's not just people with OCD.
1: This crisis is triggering people with all sorts of mental health diagnoses. Depression, mania, disordered eating, post-traumatic stress disorder. My friend Stacy has PTSD, and she's been having a lot of trouble recently, too.
3: It just, you know, there's like all these things you're supposed to do, right? Um, like, get up and take a shower and get dressed. <laughs> you know, all those things that you're supposed to do that are good for you that... Um, you know, promote like mental well being and all that sort of thing. And today I was just like, can't do it, not today.
1: <laughs> Stacy has been living with PTSD for the better part of twenty years. She was a nine eleven first responder, and the trauma from those days working on the pile, in the rubble, near a makeshift morgue, left an impact. Today, she's like millions of Americans. Profoundly unsettled by another national crisis, and trying to manage
3: the whole, you know, social distancing. It was really kind of the the beginning of all of that, where for me, like, it just like kind of shut down. (laughs) Um, It was sort of like, okay, we're rolling with this, we're rolling with this, we're rolling with this, and then this just massive anxiety um, and panic came up for me, um, which if you're hypersensitive um, to potential threats, then you're kind of looking not you know 100 feet in front of you, but you're looking like five miles down the road. Um, and so for me, I think that's the point where I really just started becoming really alarmed.
1: And being alarmed, having trouble managing that state of alarm, that is something Stacy and I have in common. So I asked Kimberly, basically, what is your advice to people like Stacey and me? Some of her recommendations were straightforward, stick to a daily routine, don't overdo it on watching the news. But one piece of advice was much more fundamental. She said, this crisis is a chance to rethink our relationship with that sense of alarm. It's a chance to rethink our
2: relationship with anxiety. I think we've actually been trained to think that anxiety is bad and dangerous. But when you have anxiety that shows up in your body, maybe it's a tightening in your chest, a lump in your throat, maybe, you know, some flowing thoughts that are scary. Often what I will have clients do is just to, to be gentle and warm towards them and just say, you know, you're, it's okay to have this, you know, I'm allowing these, this sensation to be here. So it doesn't have to be that we're like running into the flames. um, Metaphorically, it could be as simple as a gesture of, you know, I, I'm going to allow my chest to be tight while I watch Netflix, or I'm going to allow my, um, might a lump in my throat while i talk to my friend on facetime it ultimately ends up being that you just have to allow fear to flow through you and so i've told all of my clients that the great thing about right now is we've been training for this. You already have the tools on how to lean into fear. You're at an advantage to those who haven't had this type of treatment because you know, you've know you been doing this, you know what it's like. You've been practicing leaning into fear for some time. Um, and by leaning into fear, we actually like disempower it. We take away its control over us and we become empowered.
0: Viral Coronavirus is a Three Uncanny Four production. The show is hosted by me, TJ Raphael, with reporter Emily Saul. This episode was produced by Emily Saul and Shane McKeon. Our team includes Lena Richards, Rahima Nasa, Dan Bobkoff, Adam Davidson, Laura Mayer, and Jack Panyard. You can email us your questions or comments to viral at 3uncanny4.com with the number spelt out. That's viral at 3uncanny4.com. We'll be back on your feed Tuesday. In the meantime, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. It helps listeners like you find us.